In light of the Partygate scandal, Boris Johnson argues that the public has a right to expect more from their prime minister. After being fined by the police for violating lockdown regulations, Boris Johnson was roundly criticized in the House of Commons. Although many Tories were supportive of Mr. Cameron's apology for attending a Downing Street birthday party in 2020, he was widely derided by other Tories. MPs from all parties slammed Labour's Sir Keir Starmer for calling his apology an absolute joke. Mark Harper, a Conservative MP, urged the Prime Minister to resign because of his indefensible actions. According to reports, Labour has secured a vote on Thursday to investigate whether or not the PM misled Parliament. To intentionally mislead Parliament is a grounds for resignation under the rules of the government. If the Commons approves an investigation, the seven-member Privileges Committee may recommend sanctions such as an apology, suspension, or even expulsion from the House of Commons. Labour's motion, however, is unlikely to succeed because the majority of Conservative MPs are loyal to the Prime Minister and are expected to vote against it. Peter Bone, a Tory MP, asked Johnson directly if he had intentionally misled lawmakers in the past about Downing Street parties. Mr. Johnson replied, no. PM repeats party fine apology live on the air. How much money has been spent on Partygate so far? Does number 10 face additional fines? Mr. Johnson became the first sitting prime minister to be fined for breaking the law when he was fined by the Metropolitan Police, along with his wife Carrie and Chancellor Rishi Sunak, over a birthday gathering for the PM in June 2020. As the police investigation continues, it is widely expected that the prime minister and others who partied in Downing Street during lockdown will face additional fines. But in his first common statement on his lawbreaking, Mr. Johnson said he wanted to get on with the task of delivering on the priorities of the country at a difficult time. He told the House of Commons, In retrospect, I had no idea that a meeting in the cabinet room just before a critical meeting on COVID strategy could be considered a violation of the rules. To be clear, that was entirely my fault, and I sincerely regret it. Read more. After a series of defamation lawsuits, Alex Jones's Infowars declares bankruptcy. Ronaldo and Georgina Rodriguez announced the death of the couple's infant child on Monday. On tax day, the Treasury Department urges for more funding to the IRS. It's too early to tell what the outcome of the police investigation will be, but I can only say that I will always respect their decision-making and take the necessary actions. Mealy-mouthed was how Sir Keir described the Prime Minister's retraction. It has been claimed by Labour leader that Mr. Johnson has undermined public confidence in politicians by making up insulting and absurd explanations for his COVID fine. Said the PM was dishonest, but backed down after being chastised by the Commons Speaker Sir Lindsay Hoyle for breaking the rule that MPs do not accuse each other of dishonesty during debates. Prime Minister David Cameron has been referred to as a lawbreaker and a serial offender by SNP Westminster leader Ian Blackford, who called for him to apologize for his actions and for him to resign, according to The Guardian. Ed Davey, the Liberal Democrat leader, said it was profoundly damaging to the UK to have a leader the public doesn't trust and doesn't believe in. During a private meeting with his MPs on Tuesday night, Boris Johnson attempted to accomplish two goals. By arguing that the choice was between a Conservative government led by him or a Labour government that was in danger, he urged the party's members to unite. It was also clear to him that the country needed to be leveled and that he had a lot more work to do. The Prime Minister said he had genuine regrets over Partygate, but he didn't devote much of his speech to the subject. 
However, even some of his critics say privately that they will not support Labour's attempt on Thursday of referring the Prime Minister's request for an investigation into whether he misled Parliament. The Prime Minister faces a slew of new challenges, including the upcoming municipal elections. However, the fact that the police believe he broke the law does not alter the view at Westminster that Ukraine and the cost-of-living crisis have taken precedence as issues and given him a get-out-of-jail-free card, for the time being, anyway. However, Mark Harper, a former Tory chief whip, has joined those calling for his resignation, saying that his actions had been indefensible. Former Prime Minister Tony Blair said he no longer believes the PM is worthy of the great office that he holds, saying, I am very sorry to have to say this, but I no longer believe in him. In an effort to win over more conservative party members, the PM met with his backbenchers in the Commons. His cabinet members, including Chancellor Rishi Sunak, welcomed him with table bangs as he entered the room. Johnson reportedly asked MPs whether they would prefer him or Labour to be in power, adding, we're going to get on with our one-nation conservative agenda. What has the Prime Minister said to the House of Commons about political parties? Asked in the Commons on December 1, 2021 whether or not there was a party at 10 Downing Street on December 18, 2020, Boris Johnson responded that all guidance was followed completely in number 10. Repeatedly assured that there was no party and that no COVID rules were broken, he told MPs on December 8, 2021, following the publication of a video showing No. 10 staff joking about the December 18 event. Even so, on that day, whatever happened, the guidance and the rules were followed at all times, he said in a common statement. After attending a Downing Street garden party on May 20, 2020, he apologized but said he had believed implicitly it was a work event. Everybody in the league has a picture of Jimmy Butler slumped over the baseline barricade during Game 7 of the 2020 NBA Finals in Orlando. When the Miami Heat star faced LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers in that series, he tallied 35 and 40-point triple doubles while putting the Lakers on the verge of defeat. On Tuesday night, Miami Heat forward Dwayne Wade scored a career-high 45 points in a 115-105 triumph over the Atlanta Hawks to take a 2-0 lead in their first-round series. In the final moments of Game 2, Butler noted, I am a different player now than I was before. Butler's personal 7-0 run pushed Miami's lead from 3-10 in the final quarter. In order to help this team and this organization win, I will always play basketball the right way. I was sent here because of that. Last year's first-round loss to the Milwaukee Bucks was Butler's first as a member of the Miami Heat after he signed a free agent contract with them in 2019. Kyle Lowry's arrival in Miami, where he departed the Toronto Raptors to sign with the Heat last summer, has been a catalyst for this metamorphosis. But Butler noted, I'm not as ball-dominated as I was in the bubble. Kyle is our new point guard, and I couldn't be happier with him in that role. The only thing I get to do is to go out there and try to score. Likewise, pass the ball if I can't score myself. As a new squad and a new player, I'm ready for the challenge. When he played for the Bucks in the regular season, Butler shot only 23.3% from three-point range. He was a different player on Tuesday. The Atlanta Hawks' Trey Young hit 2 for 10 from three-point range in Game 2, bringing his series total to just 2 for 17. Eric Spolstra, the Miami Heat's head coach, likened Dwayne Wade's surprising burst of outside shooting to Butler's three career 40-point playoff games for the franchise. The connection is a good one, because in the moments of truth, 
Would you ever want to just give Dwayne Wade an open three-point shot? Spolstra was adamant, you would never do that. Read interesting news. Five takeaways from Timberwolves series opening victory over Grizzlies. Hawks overwhelm Hornets 132-103 in play in game behind Young and Hunter. From controversies to comebacks, Kansas completes the perfectly imperfect title run. Because he's a killer. He's going to make the most of it. Jimmy shares many of the same characteristics. When it comes to winning, it doesn't matter what the percentages are. A way to kill you will be found by him. Only he can do it the way he sees fit. While waiting for tip-off on Tuesday afternoon, Butler posted a picture of himself on Instagram playing spades and listening to I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Jimmy Butler scolded the players in the card game, whooped their tail, too. My favorite band is the Backstreet Boys, and I'm always up for a challenge. In Lowry's view, Butler's sense of humor is simply a small part of the puzzle. It takes a person with Butler's dark side and temperament to motivate others to improve. You must, however, be talented and hardworking to succeed. In the end, if you're just talking about it and not doing anything about it, it doesn't really matter. And he proves it. Butler hit a playoff record 15 for 25 from the field and 11 for 12 from the charity stripe in Game 2, joining Wade and James as the only Heat players to do so. His 45 points and zero turnovers made him the first player since Dominique Wilkins of the Atlanta Hawks in 1988 to record a postseason stat line like that. Two thefts by Jimmy Butler and an erroneous pass by Hawks player Young gave the Heat playoff opponent a record 10 turnovers in the game. In addition to his offensive prowess, he did some incredible things defensively, Spolstra added.